Welcome to the Lighthouse Community Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope today's teaching will encourage you in your faith and help you develop an increasing desire to walk with God. Let's listen in. So uh, there are there are good ways of sharing the gospel, and there are uh, less good ways to share the gospel out there. And um, I think a lot of times when we start talking about evangelism, where we talk about sharing our faith, uh, many of us get uh, very anxious. Uh, in fact, we we actually start to get afraid when we think about sharing our faith with other people. And I think that that fear of of evangelism really wells up from a couple of places. Uh, it can be the fear of messing up. What if I say something wrong? What if I'm the reason that somebody doesn't come to faith because I didn't give my presentation just quite the right way? And so there's a fear of messing up. There can also be a fear of rejection. What happens if I tell people that I'm a follower of Christ and then they, the relationship, our friendship ends and they don't want anything to do with me? What if they reject the gospel? What if they say no? And so there's a fear of rejection. But there can also be a fear of persecution. Now, in, in our country, that's less likely to happen. Uh, you know, you might uh, be passed over for a job opportunity, or, or maybe people will kind of resist your business a little bit. Now, we do have brothers and sisters around the world who are under the threat of, of literally losing their homes, their businesses burnt down, even their lives are in jeopardy. And so that does happen, that there can be a fear of persecution. But whether it's a fear of messing up, whether it's a fear of rejection, uh, a fear of of persecution, all, all of that comes from a fear of man, and that we're, we're afraid of what other human beings think about us. We're afraid of what other human beings think about what we believe and what we've chosen to put our trust in. And so what I want to do today is I want to show you from the scripture that Jesus admits that sharing the gospel can be scary, that that's true. Sometimes sharing the gospel can be scary, but he also shares how to overcome that fear in our lives. So as Mary mentioned, if you brought a Bible with you, if you would open up to Matthew chapter 10, Matthew's the first book in the New Testament, uh, or you can click over there on your device. Matthew chapter 10 is where we're going to be at today. While you're going there, I do want to welcome you. Uh, thank you for joining us here at Lighthouse Community today. My name's Fritz Bilo. I'm one of the pastors here. And if this is your first time, thanks for joining us and being a part of what's going on. And I hope throughout the whole morning that you really sense that the Spirit of God is in this place uh, and that he is empowering people to welcome you and to love you and to point you to hope in Jesus Christ alone. And we are continuing this series called The Anointed One. We have been looking at Matthew chapters 8 through 11, seeing Jesus, the Christ, who this, this God in the flesh who shows up. And what does all of that mean for me? What does that mean for my life? What does that mean for how I live? What does that mean for faith? All of those things. And so uh, we're actually in week eight of that series today. It's been pretty remarkable up till now. So uh, before we uh, jump into our reading, I do want to take a moment to pray. So if you will, uh, bow your heads and join me to pray. Father, we 
we recognize that there can be anxiousness welling up within us when we think about telling other people about what you have done in us and what you can do through us. And so we would pray that today, would you open our minds and would you open our hearts to hear truth from the scripture and then trust it, that we can apply it by faith into our lives and that you will transform our minds, you will transform our desires, our hearts, and in the process, you actually will use us in the lives of other people as well. And so guide us by your spirit today through your scripture. We ask through the matchless name of Jesus and everyone said, amen. Okay, Matthew chapter 10. Uh, We're going to start in verse 16. Uh, If you missed last Sunday, I would really encourage you to jump back because uh, that's a little bit of a primer to talk about the practical side of uh, sharing the gospel today. But uh, verse 16, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says this, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say, for it will not be, for it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. When you're persecuted in one place, flee to another. Truly, I tell you, you will not finish going through the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. The student is not above the teacher nor a servant above his master. It's enough for students to be like their teachers and servants like their masters. If the head of the house has been called Beelzebul, how much more the members of his household? So do not be afraid of them. For there's nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside of your father's care, and even the very hairs of your head are all numbered, so don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Do not suppose I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. That's normal. A man's enemies will be... Sorry, that's not in there. Um, (laughs) Just that verse isn't surprising. Uh, A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. 
Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. Now, Jesus shares so much practical insight with the disciples on how to navigate when sharing the gospel becomes very challenging and very difficult. Now, we don't have the time to cover everything that Jesus says. And so there's a few things that I really want to pull out. And and the first one is, is this understanding is that sharing the gospel may be hard to do. This is what Jesus is saying. He's giving all of these different instances and examples and situations where sharing the gospel may be hard to do. And the reason that it's challenging and it's so difficult is because there is opposition to God. Jesus starts this out by saying, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Okay, so what he's saying is imagine like a few sheep all gathered together surrounded by a pack of wolves. That's what it's going to be like for you. And so what he's saying is don't expect it to be easy. Don't expect it to be without any kind of challenge or heartache or difficulty. He says, like all kinds of people, like local councils, the synagogue, people are going to take you to governors and to kings for no other reason than because you're a follower of mine. And he says, by the way, everyone is going to hate you because of me. Everyone. He says, you're going to be arrested. You're going to be flogged. Some of you will even be put to death. By the way, you see this in Jesus' life, right? You read through the rest of the gospel. Jesus was arrested. He was flogged. He was put to death for our sins. By who? Oh, by the local councils, by the leaders of the synagogue, by the governors, right, of the region under Roman rule. You see that happening in Acts, right? You read through the book of Acts, you see disciples being arrested, you see them being flogged, you see Stephen and others being put to death. You see that happening today, right? Jesus is speaking into this, saying this is real. This is a real thing that believers are going to face. And he says it's even going to happen within your family. Now, for us, right, some of us come out of really broken families and we go, yeah, big deal, you know, uh, you know, people being against each other in my family, that's called Tuesday, right? Um, but what this would have been a massive shock to the people in Jesus' time, because in their culture and in their time, your family is absolutely everything, Your family is where you get your security from. Your family is where you get your provision from. Your family is how you have your identity. And so if you lose your uh, connection with your family, you have lost everything. And Jesus said, even the members of your household will be your enemies. And the the reality is, some of us in this room, we, we have faced this very thing. That after you put your faith in Jesus Christ, your family stiff-armed you. Your family says, we don't, we don't do that. Why, why, would you, why would you put your trust in Jesus? Listen, you don't need that. Or what, You're going too far. Just keep coming to church with us. That's what we do. We're a church-going family. You've, you've gone way overboard with this thing. And so some of us have actually lost family over our decision to follow Jesus. Some of us have lost friends over our decision to follow Jesus. Some of us have lost jobs 
because of our decision to follow Jesus. And it's like, why Why would you do that? Why would you risk relationships being broken? Why would you risk future possible uh, potential to earn wealth? Why would you risk all of that in your life? Because you know it's true. Because you know Jesus is who he said he is. Because you know Jesus has done what he said he has done. And you know the reality of the Holy Spirit living inside of you, changing you, transforming you. And so, yeah, of course I would. Of course I would risk all of it. I know that this is real. This is legitimate. And you're hoping that others will join you. You're hoping that others will find that fulfillment, will find that wholeness, will find that you're only truly satisfied in Jesus Christ. And that's why you would be willing to risk it all. And then Jesus said, listen, you're going to face decision moments. You're going you're to be faced with these different decision moments in your life. And, and there's a hard edge to this, right? You look at verses 32 and 33. You look at verses 22 uh, in Matthew chapter 10. And, and he says, listen, you, you deny me before others, I'll deny you. You acknowledge me before others, I'll acknowledge you. And what he's saying is that trials and challenges have this amazing way of revealing our true reliance and trust in God. That when you face challenges because of your faith, it will reveal how much you really do trust God. When you face issues simply because you're a follower of Jesus, it will show how much that you rely on God. And and he just has really challenging words to say. He says things like, those who stand firm to the end will be saved. So, so if you come from a theological bent, right, you've already made up your mind about certain things theologically, you'll look at this verse and you'll go, oh, well, well once you're saved, you're always saved, so we, let me explain away why this verse doesn't work and why we don't really have to listen to what Jesus is saying. But if you're from the other angle, you go, well, you can lose your salvation. See, here's a verse that proves that you can. And so you'll look at this verse and you'll already come with, with your theological framework in place rather than seeing what Jesus is really saying here. It's going, hey... Those who don't stand firm to the end, right, they don't really belong to me. And so we'll get into an argument of how that person got there. Well, he was never a believer in the first place. Well, he was saved, but then he lost it. Here's the thing. How's it, why does it matter how they got there? The result is still the same. They don't belong to Jesus. And so what do they need? The gospel. Either the remedy is the same. You go, you go ahead, argue about how they got there. It's the same. The thing is, they still need the gospel. This is one of the reasons why, even as a church, we constantly share the gospel every single week that we can. Because we don't assume that every person who fills a seat in this building or at Bluffton Community or at Living Hope, we don't assume that every person, even though they might take on the banner of Christ, is actually a genuine born-again Christian. That there are times that people who have lived in the church for decades... They hear the gospel one more time and they go, oh, that's what it means. And they share their story and like, I've been coming to church for decades and I just came to faith in Jesus and it's changing me, right? This is what we're talking about. And so people need the gospel and you're going to face these decision moments. By the way, that, that phrase stand firm in verse 22, it's a form of the same word remain In John 15, when Jesus says, if you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit to the glory of the Father. So remain in me the way that a branch remains in a vine. 
Stick with me. And so Jesus says, those who remain all the way to the end, through the challenges, through the trials, through all the things they face, those people will be rescued. But the other reason that there's so much opposition to God is because, and Jesus exposes it, he's dividing. Right? He said that right there. Jesus is dividing. He says, people are going to hate you because of me. I bring a sword that actually cuts through what is legitimate and what is a distraction and illegitimate. And the reason that that is, is actually the gospel of John lets us into why there is so much opposition to God and why people, why Jesus is so dividing. So in John chapter one, verse five, it says this, actually, let's read this passage out loud together, starting with the light shines in the darkness. Are you ready? Go. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. See, the light represents Jesus, and Jesus is holiness. Jesus is the only way to salvation. Jesus represents God's rule and authority, right? We're talking about God's kingdom. The darkness in that passage represents sin. Sin is rebellion against God. It's self-centered living. It's the idea that I'm in charge, and I can do whatever I want with my life, and I am the leader of my life. That is talking about my kingdom. And so in one verse, you've got God's kingdom being contrasted against my kingdom and sin's kingdom. And it says that darkness desires to overcome light. Darkness desires to snuff light out and get rid of it. And so you've got to understand that Jesus' very presence, just the fact that he shows up into a room and into a situation threatens our self-rule. The fact that Jesus shows up threatens our kingdom with the idea that I can operate under my own decision-making, under my own power, without submitting to God. And so the reason there's so much opposition to Jesus and he's dividing is because Jesus represents submission and obedience to God. Where for us, our mindset is, I want to do what I want, when I want, how I want. Right? And there's this massive shift in loyalty, right? When we come to faith in Jesus, okay, there's a shift that happens. In fact, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 describes what this shift looks like. It says this, because if you acknowledge and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and then it defines, what does it mean to confess Jesus is Lord? Well, recognizing his power, his authority, and majesty as God, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so the loyalty is away from myself and under the direction and submission of Jesus Christ. Just to be transparent with you, when I came to faith in Jesus Christ, the, the easier aspect was believing that Jesus is God, was believing that God raised him from the dead, believing that Jesus is alive today, seated, seated, excuse me, seated at the right hand of the Father. That part was easier for me to believe. You want to know what the more challenging part was for me in following Jesus? Making him in charge of my life. Him becoming king over Fritz, the boss, the manager, El Presidente, right? That, that was my biggest challenge. And yet, what happened is the more that I lived in obedience to God, the more freedom I experienced. The more I began to submit to the character and the desires of God, the more joy 
began to fill me. What was also interesting, at the exact same time, the closer I walked with God, the more some people started to move away from me. I think because the closer I got to the light, it exposed the darkness in their life and they didn't have any desire to go there with me. And so when you're sharing the gospel, when you're living in alignment, in fellowship with God, you begin to feel the weight of sharing the gospel. You even begin to sense the fear that comes with sharing the gospel because Jesus is dividing, because there is opposition to God in our world. And so it's like, well, what do we do? What do we do then? Well, what Jesus tells his disciples is keep sharing the gospel. Yes, sharing the gospel may be hard to do, but keep sharing the gospel. Why would we do that? Well, one of the things that Jesus says is that one day everyone's going to see. He says one of two things is going to happen. Either one day the person you're sharing the gospel with is going to come to faith, right? The Holy Spirit is going to open their eyes. They're going to say yes to me. Their eyes will be opened and they will see that what you were saying was true. That's going to be a good day. He says, and if they don't, there's another one day that is going to happen. And that is going to be the one day when at the end of their life or at the end of all time, when Jesus comes back, that every single person will stand before Jesus and they will realize that what you were saying was right. And it was true. Right? Philippians 2 says it this way, for this reason also, because he, meaning Jesus, obeyed and so completely humbled himself, God has exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in submission of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess and openly acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, sovereign God, to the glory of God the Father. One day, everyone will see that Jesus is truly Lord. And either they will see it because you shared it with them and they said yes to him, or they'll see it at the end of their lives or the end of time and realize that it was true. And so keep sharing the gospel. But he also says keep sharing the gospel because God is in control and God cares for you, right? He says, listen, there's like all these sparrows and God knows all about them. You're worth more than sparrows. God cares about you. You're not alone. You're made in the image of God and you've been reborn into the image of Jesus Christ. You're being remade into the image of Christ. And so don't be afraid. You have this God who cares for you. This is the same God who when Israel was being set free from slavery in Egypt, this is the same God who defended Israel from Egypt. This is the same God who gave victory to David over Goliath when Goliath was giving all of these slurs against the living God. This is the same God who saved Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego when they refused to bow down to this other statue and worship. This is the same God who delivered Daniel from the lion's den. This is the same God who protected Elisha when others were telling him to shut up and stop talking about this God. This is the same God who cares for you. He knows you. He sees you. He says the very hairs of your head are numbered. For some, that is an easier count than others. But nonetheless, he knows you personally and deeply. This is the same God who, when you're standing before people and you have no idea how to share the gospel, the Holy Spirit will actually empower you and speak on your behalf 
By the way, that happened in Acts chapter 4, verse 8. Right? Peter is, stands in front of the local Sanhedrin, and it says, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit in that moment, spoke. And he shared with such clarity who Jesus is and what the gospel means. And so what Jesus said is that even if humans would kill your body, you have to know this is the same God who will carry you home to be with him. That even if your life ends here, because you're a follower of Jesus, your God will rescue you to be with him forever. And so keep sharing the gospel. And he gives one last reason why we should keep sharing the gospel. The reward of changed lives. The reward of changed lives. He says, listen, when someone welcomes you and your message, they're actually welcoming me. And when they're welcoming me, they're actually welcoming God. And when you see that, when you witness a person passing from death into life, when you witness a person passing from darkness into light, when you see a person being reborn in Christ, you get a front row seat to that thing. You'll realize, oh, this is the reward. This, this is what we're talking about. Seeing God change lives right in front of us. But you've got to know that faith in Christ through the gospel is the only way a person can be rescued from sin and death. It's not church attendance. It's not giving money. It's not serving in a ministry. It's not being a better disciplined person. It is only faith in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. And he has invited us to share that with one another. And when you see someone's life changed, you go, I get it now. That's the reward. That's the payoff within all of this. So Jesus says, keep sharing the gospel, even if it may be hard to do so. So I think for us then, we need to start thinking in terms of how do we overcome our fear of evangelism? How do we overcome our fear of evangelism? And this is what Jesus said, right? It's found right in there, right? Uh, About verse 27 uh, to 30, where Jesus said this, to overcome your fear of evangelism, which is actually a fear of man, you actually have to develop a fear of God. That's what he says. You don't, you change your fear from being afraid of man to actually being afraid of God. And and what he's doing, he says, listen, your fear of God has got to be greater than your fear of man. You can't be afraid of what someone's going to do to your body. He says, in fact, what you need to be afraid of is the one who can do something to your body and your soul. That's what you should be afraid of. And so what Jesus is inviting his disciples to do is he says, listen, you should really be aware of what God can do. God has created the entire universe. God has created you. And so be aware of what God can do. This is the powerful, almighty, ever-present, all-knowing God over the universe who can create anything with a word. And also, by the way, he can destroy you with a word. And so he's saying, be aware of what this God can do. And then I think what else is in there is he's inviting the disciples to say, be aware of what this God has already done. Be aware of what he can do. He can destroy you, but be aware of what he has done. And what he has done is God has shown up in the flesh and he lived the life that every single one of us were supposed to live. And then he died the death that every single one of us deserved to die. And he put that weight and that burden on himself so that we could be rewarded with his right relationship with God. 
What can this God do? He can destroy you with a thought. And what has this God done? He saved you by grace and mercy that simply by believing in the person and work of Jesus and reorienting your whole life around that, he's changing you. And you become so filled with love and so captivated by this God who can destroy you, but instead chose to redeem you. It'll change you. And so I want to share with you a little tool that when you're afraid of sharing the gospel, this may actually help you, encourage you to to share the gospel. And so I learned this a few years after I came to faith in Jesus. It's been helpful for me. Maybe it'll be helpful for you. So in the times that you're fearing and you're being afraid of sharing the gospel with someone else, I want you to repeat and meditate on this. It's this. If I had a little white box to put my Jesus in, I'd take him out and and share him with my friends. All right? Okay. We're going to do it. You're right. Oh, yeah, don't clap. You're doing it. All right, we're doing it together. Okay, here we go. Get your box ready. All right, one, two, three. If I had a little white box to put my Jesus in, I'd take him out and and share them with my friends. Good. That's great. You got it. Whenever you're afraid, just go through that. Now, there is a second verse when you're feeling opposition coming to you, and it goes like this. If I had a little black box to put the devil in, I'd take him out and smash his face and put him back again. There you go, right? That's all you need to overcome your fear of evangelism. Um, Okay, maybe that's not the most helpful thing, but (laughs) a better tool when I was doing more research this week, uh, (laughs) I came across a a meditation tool from the theologian J.I. Packer, which really walks through how to thoughtfully meditate on the gospel and to thoughtfully meditate on scripture. And so I just want to throw out to you, um, I really think that just meditating on the character of God will overcome the fear. Of, that you have of man and of evangelism. And so if you would like to receive that resource, just the, the card that Mary mentioned earlier in the service, that blue card, if you grab that, pull that out, and then on the back of that, check the box that says, I'd like to receive uh, the How to Meditate on the Gospel Guide, uh, I will be happy to send that to you tomorrow morning to your email. So make sure your email's on the front. Um, but meditating on the character of God, meditating on the gospel, not only thinking about what God can do, but also thinking deeply on what God has already done, I think will change your, your uh, fear of the gospel or of sharing the gospel. And, and the other thing I would invite you to do is to just take one step. Just take one step in growing to share the gospel. And so for some of you, your one step today might be to simply pray. To pray that God would move your heart to share the gospel. To pray for open doors to tell other people about who Jesus is. That might be your one step. For some of you, you might be ready to go to a next step, which is simply to invite a friend to join you for church next weekend or over the Christmas holidays. Hey, come and join. It's going to be great. You know, it's, it's just come and be with me on Sunday morning and invite a friend to church. Maybe you're ready to go a next step beyond that, which is simply to begin a spiritual conversation with a friend. And, and you just ask questions. Hey, what do you think about God? 
Like, where do we all come from? Do you have a thought on that? What do you think happens after we die? Um, right? You just, you begin a conversation and you listen to what they have to say. And maybe for some of you, you're ready to go a whole nother step, which would be to like sign up for a missions trip and to go to another part of the world or the country to explicitly share the good news of Jesus with other people. By the way, that's also a next step on your connection card because we've got a trip coming up going to Columbia in the summer of 24. And if you'd like to get information about that, check that box. We'll get that information to you as well. But I want to encourage you, just take one step, one step. That's it, just one step. And and like Jesus is saying, you and I, we don't have to be afraid to share the message of Jesus with other people. We don't have to be afraid of evangelism. Will you mess up? Probably. Yeah, you'll say something not quite right. Happens to me often. May you be rejected. Yeah, you might be. You might be. Could, Could you face persecution for sharing the gospel? That's less likely in this country, but it's possible. You could. But also, if you don't share the gospel, will you miss out on getting a front row seat to somebody being born again? If you don't share the gospel, will you miss out knowing that God is using you in a remarkably powerful way and see God moving? Last summer, a group of friends and I, we went down to Medellin, Colombia, and one moment I'll never forget was we were sharing the gospel with a pharmacist uh, downtown, and we're sharing with him who Jesus is, and he goes, listen, uh, that's all fine, but uh, I know that the way to get to heaven is you have to, you have to work. You have to be a good person. You have to do the right work. You have to have it. Your good work needs to outweigh your bad work. And I'm going, I'm trying to think how to talk to him. And so my first question is, who in the world taught you that? And he goes, my church. I was like, oh. <laughs> and I didn't really have a good response for that. And so I stepped back and was just kind of praying. And my friend was talking to him about the gospel. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit said, hey, this guy is not far from the kingdom of God. But he's focused on the wrong work. He's focused on his work. Focusing on work is right, but he's focused on the wrong work. And so I stepped back in and I said that to him. I said, you're focused on the wrong work. And he goes, what? I said, this isn't about your work for God. This is about Christ's work in your place. And if you'll put your hope in that, and if you'll put your trust and reliance on that, he'll change you. And and guys, I'm telling you, this is the first time I have ever seen in front of my face, I watched a guy who was just determined. It was this way. And he was in darkness, man. He was figuring out how to keep his kingdom in play. And as soon as the Holy Spirit opened his eyes to that reality, there was a change in his face. It literally, his countenance changed from kind of being defensive and lips tight and eyes narrowed. And his eyebrows went up and his eyes got bigger and his mouth kind of dropped. And he went, I get it. I understand it now. And And we prayed together and he put his faith in Jesus Christ in that moment, right? I will never forget that moment to watch externally what was happening internally. It was one of the most amazing moments that I can look back on my life. This is what we're talking about. This is what we're talking about. And so keep sharing the gospel. Why? Because it's true. More real than anything else you've ever been exposed to. I want to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want you to ask this one question that we ask every Sunday, and it's simply this. Jesus, what are you saying to me 
right now. And then I just want you to listen to him. Thank you, Jesus, that the gospel is true. Thank you, Jesus, that everything you are and everything you've done is true. And it's real. And it's more real than anything else. And my prayer would be that for every truly born-again believer who can hear the sound of my voice, would know that we are not inviting people to believe in something that has no proof or no evidence, but we are inviting people into the most real thing that they could ever experience. And I pray that we would go with joy and expectation, knowing that yes, it will be difficult to do sometimes, and there will be moments when we get a front row seat to watching a person be born again. And that's the reward. Move our hearts because of what you have done for us, we pray. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Lighthouse Community, check out our website at mylighthousecommunity.com or connect with us on Facebook. You're invited to join us live Sunday mornings at 9.09 or 11.11. Thanks again for listening to the Lighthouse Community Podcast.